Welcome back to the program. Glad to have you. Hey, you know what's coming? I am uh, I'm extremely excited about this, and I can't wait. I was over there the other day, and boy, it looks like a train wreck. But they always say you got to tear it down to build it back up. But uh, Stenny's Lake Country is coming early, uh, early, well, mid-spring, early summer. And uh, really, I can't wait. I was over at the old Boomers uh, the other day, and I saw the new Stenny sign up. And the trees have been cut down. The parking lot's getting cleaned up. The inside's been completely gutted down to the studs. And then they're going to build it all back up again. But uh, you're going to have Stenny's Lake Country. And obviously, what I've always said is the cheers of Milwaukee is Stenny's on uh, 2nd and National in the uh, Walker's Point area, downtown Milwaukee. That is the place to go. That's talking about sports bar and just a fun place, eclectic in general. That's our friends at Stenny's. As they say, you should be here. The home of the world-famous Bloody Marys that win awards everywhere they go. Best wings, Bill Michaels garlic cheese bread, and just good food on the daily. Good food on the daily. So check out our friends at Stenny's. Uh, Stenny's, second and national, Walker's Point. As they say, you should be here. That's our friends at Stenny's. Ian Rappaport was just on with uh, Pat McAfee. And this is what Ian Rappaport had to say. He now chimes in on the possibility of Aaron Rodgers and the uh, Packers parting ways. Yes, it is a real possibility. Could mean a lot of things. What does it mean to you? I mean, it's not an impossibility. Hmm. Oh, real possibility. Whoa. Okay. Impossibility. So here's the thing about Rodgers being traded. Because of the way his contract is structured, it, a trade is possible. It's it's like you can do it financially. You can come up with the compensation I think Green Bay likes what they have in Jordan Love. So, like, if they got the right package, I think they could do a deal. It would be $60 million for one season somebody would pay him. That is what he's on the books for cash next year. So if you trade for – let's say you're the Jets. Let's say you're the Jets and you're like, all right, I'm going to – we're going to go all in. We're trading for Aaron Rodgers. You're going to be trading for a quarterback you're giving up a first-rounder for, I'm sure, probably more. And pay sixty million dollars, which would be by far the highest paid quarterback. So, so there you go. It's not easy for those that say, "Oh, I just trade them away." You can't. You can't. It, it, it just you, you understand financially what you're doing to your football team because all of your decisions are then based strictly upon finance as to who to keep and who to come. I mean, if you do that, if you figure you're going to trade Rodgers, you're, you're cutting ties with a lot of dudes. You're not, you're not restructuring a lot of stuff. It ain't happening. Bakhtiari, gone. Aaron Jones, possibly, gone. Big Dog, gone. I mean, anybody with a contract coming up that's going to make any kind of money at all, Gone. Amos gone. I mean, you're you're going to be really trimming the fat off of this team and just basically not completely rebuilding, but you're going to be you're going to be bereft of talent at least for a year, at least for a year. So it's not that easy to just tear it all up and say, "Well, we're trading them." Talk to you later. Sixty million bucks. So when everybody else is starting out at two hundred and twenty million or whatever the the cap is going to be. Uh, you're starting out at 160 or 180, you know, depending on where that cap, you know, is going to fall. Usually by now, uh, the NFL gives you the the number, and they really they really haven't. Um, 
I know there's been a lot of teams that have talked about where the where the possibility for the 2023 is going to be. They believe it's going to be like 225 ish, maybe 226, 228, somewhere in there, you know, something like that. Uh, but if you get 60 million of that ripped right out of your hands, <laughs> you're starting behind the eight ball, you know. So, and you're going to already going to have a half a million bucks um, in some dead cap money and some rollover money. But uh, the way the Packers are starting out right now, the estimate was anywhere between five and 15 million over the cap is where they're at for some of the contracts they have to have to kind of renew. So, and then when you start to look at some of the guys that could possibly leave and where those contracts could end up, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Rodgers, as we all know, he's going to have 40, uh, 31 million against the cap, 40, 59 on, on, on out. Um, Jordan Love, they got a decision to make. Uh, A.J. Dillon, coming into his last year, they're going to have to make a decision. What do they want to do there? Aaron Jones is going to cost you 20 million against the cap this year. And then, you know, 16 after that. And could they adjust that or cut them loose? Um, Randall Cobb's an unrestricted free agent. Lazard's an unrestricted free agent. And Lazard, they're estimating Lazard could get almost $11 million a year. You're not going to pay Lazard that. You're not going to do that. Tanyan's an unrestricted free agent. Mercedes Lewis. Tyler Davis is restricted, but he's most likely gone. Yash Nyman. How much did he earn? How much can you afford to pay on that offensive line? That's why you were really hoping Sean Ryan would have stepped up. Zach Tom, in essence, is going to have that job. But Josh Nyman most likely going to be gone. Dean Lowry. Jerron Reed. Justin Hollins. Those guys. Um, so you're, you're, you're going to have some, some guys are going to be changing up. Changing up coming up. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to give us a shout, please feel free. Um, give us a give us a buzz. Um, but that's what they're saying. It's going to be about sixty million um, total by the time you talk salary and then signing bonus and such. Uh, Watcher said, if they could split that both ways, it wouldn't be that bad. But you can't do that when it comes to. Um, when it comes to signing bonus and that upfront money, that is paid by the team that signed him. The salary you can change out, you could trade out, but uh, the the actual signing bonus and the guaranteed money, you cannot. And FYI, eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Find us. I uh, got a lot of emails to get to as well. Um, this is our buddy Steve says a uh, good good great divisional weekend. I got all four games right. I also called uh, John Rahm's win for Ben yesterday. Ben, yes, he did, did you realize that? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I did not realize it in the moment. There's another big storyline there that if I go through, nobody will care. But looking back, he did call it. So kudos. Yeah. Congratulations. He's playing yeah, good golf, said, man. Well, right. He said my MVPs for each winning team were uh, KC and slash Chad Henney when he came in from Mahomes and drove them 98 yards. For a score, that was, in my mind, the key possession of the game. And if Jacksonville gets a stop there and goes in for a score, that may have been the big game changer. Philadelphia, obviously, Jalen Hurts, smooth passer, great game manager. Cincinnati, hands down, 
Cincinnati's offensive line. Everybody thought they were going to get manhandled, but uh, they are the ones that manhandled the Bills. I, I'll tell you this. When they lost Von Miller, did you see the numbers after Von Miller went down? Um, Buffalo became, defensively speaking, became somewhat of a shell of themselves. The before and after with Von Miller and without Von Miller. And maybe that's something I should have delved a little bit deeper into. I just know what I saw against Baltimore. And that offensive line of Cincinnati just wasn't very good. So kudos to their line coaches for getting them ready. And kudos for the job they did. Uh, and I thought Tony Romo had a terrific point. He said, look, when you bring in young guys, guys that haven't made starts and such, and these big guys on the offensive line, they're usually bigger than defensive linemen, usually bigger. So if you can just run the ball and get them into a rhythm and let them use their size and beef, then you're so much better off. Their center had a had, was manhandled, uh, Cincinnati's was, but he did enough. If you've noticed, numerous times he got pushed back into the pocket, but he just stayed in front of his guy. He didn't allow the pocket to become really uh, collapsible. He, but he, he, you know, he had a, he had a tough time in the middle of that uh, middle of that offense with the middle of the defensive line of the Buffalo Bills. But uh, even he, who had such a struggle, uh, looked good. So kudos to them. You're absolutely right for being able to uh, you know handle what uh, Buffalo was bringing up the middle. You know, with the guys like uh, you know Daquan Jones and Ed Oliver and such, because. He did a he did a solid job. He also said, San Francisco. I hate to bash Mike McCarthy, but his clock management again, the play calling for the game for the 49ers. See, wait a minute. I'm not bashing Mike McCarthy for the play calling uh, because he wasn't he wasn't being given credit for it all season long. He had given up the play calling. It was just going to go back to being an offensive coordinator calling the plays, and Mike was going to now the game manager. Absolutely, but the play calling. You can't blame him for the play calling if you don't give him the credit for the play calling. A week ago, when Dak Prescott looked like a god, everybody was given offensive coordinator all the uh, all the credit in the world that it wasn't Mike McCarthy. It wasn't because McCarthy was doing anything wrong or doing anything right. It was all of a sudden because Kellen Moore was just this guru, this god that was calling such an incredible game. So I'm not going to then take it away from Mike and say, oh, by the way, Mike, you suck. Uh, San Francisco-Philly matchup, heavyweight fight, the Eagles' high-powered offense versus the 49ers' defense. That's going to be fantastic. And KC and Cincinnati, the uh, matchup intrigues me. Obviously, uh, Mahomes, Joe Cool, blah, blah, blah. There you go. That's our buddy Steve in Richfield. Steve, appreciate the email. Ben, early uh, early thoughts on the game between the number one defense in the National Football League going up against your uh, Philadelphia Eagles? I mean, after what we saw this weekend, it's hard not to feel good. And even with the Niners offense kind of sputtering against the Cowboys, I mean, I'm concerned the line is close. I think it's a coin flip because the Niners are a really good team. I don't think the Eagles can play as well as they played this weekend, but I, I think it all comes down to Brock Purdy where Shanahan could kind of hide him at home in that environment. And then he made some plays, but I wonder on the road on a scale like this against a great defense, how he mm-hmm. reacts. So I feel good. I, not as Frankly, I was more concerned about the Giants, but that was because of the track record that the Eagles had actually shown. I uh, I believe the uh, the weather uh, is. I don't know if it's going to play into this or not, but I believe the weather is going to be about mid thirties, if I'm not mistaken, in Philadelphia coming up uh, this weekend. Yeah, sources tell me it's not too bad out there. Yeah, it doesn't look like it's going to be awful. It looks like. Uh, um, actually it could go up. 
Yeah, Philadelphia is 38 degrees now. They say on Sunday, mostly cloudy, and it could be with a high of 50, according to AccuWeather. Now, that's different from what they have in the AccuWeather forecast on uh, ESPN, but I'm looking at the AccuWeather for Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, coming up this weekend. 50 degrees, 41 for the low, mostly cloudy, 21% chance of rain during the game. So I, it's going to be more like San Francisco weather than it is Philadelphia this time of year weather. But who knows? Uh, 877-867-1670, uh, Cheddarball says Eagles are fortunate to get the 49ers at home. Uh, John says, I thought the Cowboys played above their pay grade yesterday. Absent the turnovers, they may win that game, and I think the Niners are still the better team. Um, uh, Watcher says, uh, Dallas has a history of throwing interceptions in games. Um, I, let's just say Dak Prescott does. Dak, Dak Prescott does. I, I have never been a big believer in Dak Prescott. I've said it at the beginning of the show. I opened the show with it. Uh, there's some people that have made me look really smart in my life. One has been Aaron Rodgers. Two has been Dak Prescott. I said when they paid Dak, you're done. You're never going to win a championship with that guy. He doesn't have it. He just doesn't have that medal in him. And I know there were a lot of people that got on me for that, but I'm still still, uh, basking in the glow. uh, Another season has gone by, and Dak Prescott can't win. Can't win at all. Matt says, uh, I think the Packers would be crazy to trade Aaron Rodgers, give it one more shot, and then after this upcoming season, go ahead and cut ties with him. Uh, Scott says, uh, thankfully, the idiots that continually call for Aaron Rodgers to be traded aren't the ones making the decisions. It would financially cripple the team, and they would be without playmakers for the next couple of years, not to mention a free agent who is going to want to come here and play with an unproven Jordan Love. Let Rodgers walk out one more time, off of the field at Lambeau Field, hopefully with a victory, and give it one more shot. That's from uh, that's from Scott. Scott, appreciate the email. 877-867-1670. Hit us up. we got more of the Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Third and seven. To the end zone. Open! Wide open! Hurst hauls it in for another Cincinnati touchdown. Yesterday, just that chip on your shoulder. Everyone talking about a neutral AFC championship game, not even thinking about you guys. How much did that motivate you coming into this? You better send those refunds. Send those refunds. Oh, they had a chip on their shoulder. I get it, but I, you know... Uh, it goes back to the, uh, you know, everybody's out to get us mentality coming out of Cincinnati. It's like, no, nah, not really. You know, I mean, uh, they felt slighted by the NFL canceling the game and not picking it up or playing it. They didn't have a lot of options against the uh, the, the Buffalo Bills from that Monday night contest on January 2nd. And then the, the whole neutral site thing, because they felt that they would have a legitimate shot at maybe getting the number one seed. And, uh, you know, it turns out they wouldn't have gotten it. But, you know, then what happened was is the league gave the Bills the neutral site and the Bills immediately started selling tickets for the AFC championship game down in Atlanta and which they have to do. I mean, it's what every organization does. The minute you're even within earshot of the postseason, 
usually by, you know, the end of October, middle of November, your team is sending out, you know, postseason applications for tickets. Well, right after that game was canceled, Buffalo started sending out ticket requests for that neutral site game. And Cincinnati got pissed. They used it as a slight. And that's where that comment comes from was, well, you know, I guess you're going to have to start sending out those refunds now for those people that started sending in that money because they took it as a slap in the face that the league was caring so much about Buffalo and not caring about them. And, and again, it's it's what the Buffalo Bills and the NFL had to do, <laughs> you know, in, in some fairness to it. But um, again, whatever you got to use to motivate you, I guess, is what Cincinnati did and. So anyway, that's that's what they that's what they latched onto. Bill, it was, yeah, go it ahead. was the same manufactured chip that Kirby Smart did with Georgia after last season when they won the title. He said that people were calling them a they're, they're going to miss a bowl game that they were going to go five and seven, right? Which right. nobody in their right mind did. They were national title favorites all year, right? And after the game, everyone, all the players are talking about it. It's like oh, that. I mean, it's genius. It's hilarious, but sure, yeah, yeah. no, it's what they all do. I, I completely agree. I will say this, and I've never been a big Zach Taylor fan, uh, but the fact, did you see the tradition they started last year where after every postseason win, they have five footballs, and Zach Taylor and then the players, they go out to five local bars, and the the game ball goes to the fans? Yeah, I see a a video with their center, Ted Karras, doing it now as well. It's awesome. Uh, my my buddy Jim Mooring, um, now Jim and I went to high school together. He owns the Holy Grail, which is right between the two stadiums. And that's, it's a huge sports bar. I mean, a huge sports bar in that complex down there. And they featured Jim in that with, uh, um, God, the guy that, I can't remember the guy's name off the top of my head from ESPN that, um, oh, he's the, one of the former general managers that they use on Get Up all the time. Anyway, long story short, my buddy Jim's bar was featured in that. And uh, Jim and Jack's was featured in that, which is another bar that I used to hang out at when I when I lived there. And every now and then, that's where my dad used to go dancing on Sundays. <laughs> As a matter of fact, for old people, but uh, it's that that I like. That's a really cool sentiment. Uh, they travel all over the city to all these different big sports bars and gathering spots and such, and drop off game balls. And they just walk in. You know, they just uh, Mike Tannenbaum. Thank you very much. No, it wasn't Tannenbaum. It was the other guy. It was the other guy. Uh, it was the other guy. It wasn't Tannenbaum. It was the other guy. Um, but uh, they they go into all these different bars and just walk in. They showed uh, Sunday night when the plane landed. They had the, they went to some bar and in Cincinnati and they had some music playing and they walked in and the music stopped and there with the sure enough there was Zach Taylor uh, still in a suit coming straight from the plane. They grabbed a ball and went to a, another bar. Which was not far, actually, from uh, from uh, you know Paul Brown Stadium, from Paycor, but went into this bar and jumped up on the top of the bar, and immediately you know gave started giving out game balls. It was pretty cool, pretty cool actually. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Jay Qual says between Jalen Hurts and Brock Purdy, I feel good about Jordan Love playing and arm ready to move on. And he's and he's ready to move on from Aaron Rodgers, I should say. Um, I you know Brock Purdy, it, it's like on one end, Tom Brady set the bar this high. Everybody's got to play to this level. Everybody's got to you know just make chicken salad out of chicken stuff, right? And then 
Brock Purdy came in and set the world on fire. He hasn't lost yet. You know, Brock Purdy is in a very specific system, and it's easy to say, let's move on to Jordan Love, when Brock Purdy's made it look easy because he's got the number one overall defense. Brock Purdy can go out and make a mistake, and not that he really has, but he can go out and make a mistake, and he's got a defense that can back him up. You know, again, I go back to what Brian Gutekind said that said, we got to see what Jordan Love can do to see if he can win. He's got, uh, you know, all the things that they believe he can do. But he's got to show if they can win. And I'll say this. If they really believed that Jordan Love was 100%, 100% ready to go, like he was the man, they would have moved on. They would have moved on from Rodgers the way they did from Favre. Favre gave him a wishy-washy answer, and they said, okay, you're done. Because they knew what they had in Favre, or they knew what they had in Rodgers. They haven't done that with with Rodgers moving on to Jordan Love. I think for two reasons. One is, you know in your heart of hearts, to get back-to-back-to-back Hall of Famers, eh, not going to happen. And then you know. You know what you've seen in Jordan Love. You know? So I, I just, I think there's a lot of people, there's a lot of these move on, get got to get rid of Rodgers, got to move on to Jordan Love. I think there's a lot of people out there. Now, I, I hope I'm wrong. Okay, let me predicate this. But I think there's a lot of people that are ready to jump on the Jordan Love bandwagon, and you're ultimately going to be disappointed. Couldn't I you really believe? Couldn't you say though, there's something to be said in terms of when they could have moved on from Rodgers? Like they could not have sold it to a fan base before last season, coming off two straight MVPs. Right. Right. No, I agree with that. So yeah. that also could it could not only be what they think they have in Love or whatever improvements. It's just like that situation, they needed to have him back for mm-hmm. you know what he had recently done this year, clearly coming off a, a vastly different right. output. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I, uh, I, I agree that you couldn't have just blown him out after back-to-back MVPs, but where a lot of people were tired, they thought, well, you know what, um, that he didn't win in the postseason. And I think there's there's Packers fans, and and for those that say Packers fans are spoiled, proudly wear that mantra. Proudly, proudly wear that shield. And here's the reason why, is because you're right. We've seen such incredible quarterback play, and the expectations in Green Bay are really high, really high. So what? You go through this when you have greatness. So what? So what if if the expectations? So what if we're spoiled? Who cares? That means our that means our guys, our front office did their job. They found the right players at the right time to come in and be successful. Now, where where fans I think are tired of the MVP talk is that's great. Go win an MVP, but do it in a season in which you also win a championship. We want to see this team in a Super Bowl as well. You know, you can go win all the MVPs you want, but if at the in the biggest moment, in the biggest game of the season, at the end of the season, after you've got the award in your back pocket, don't falter then. Don't play poorly then. Don't make bad decisions then. Don't turn the ball over then. And that's what's happened over the last few years. That's why people are like, yeah, you know what? I, I'll never forget, you know, Favre and the seasons that he had. That last pass... The last pass he tried to fire into to Donald Driver, getting picked off in the Giants game, and I'll never forget one of the uh, one of the board members coming out and punching a wall, saying, "We can lose this blanketing blank as easy without him as we can with him." 
And I said, I, I turned to Brian Noble right then and there. I said, that's it. It's over. It's over. He said, ah, I can't believe they, they'll let him get. I said, no, it's over. Trust me. They're ready to move on. Brian and I both knew what they had in Aaron Rodgers because you could, you could hear the talk coming out of the locker room. But we knew. You knew right then and there it was done. They're not as quick to throw Rodgers to the curb, which is why he has power. Because if, put it this way, if Rodgers, if they wanted to get rid of him, then he wouldn't have any power. Because then you don't care. You're like, eh, whatever, move on. If you think you're that good and have that much power and should have that much say, go do that to another organization. Go do that to another coach. You know, because you're in and, and you got to look at it from Rodgers' perspective as well. There's no way in hell the Packers are going to trade him in the NFC. Which means you have maybe four teams. You got a really good defense in in New York. You've got a little bit of weaponry, uh, and Woody Johnson's got money. He can spend it. They can get up against the cap. They've got money to spend. He could be the next quarterback there. The Raiders, he could be reunited with Devontae. We would all know that story, but they have other issues on that team. Tennessee, they're close. They're close. They need another another good wide out. They've obviously got a good run game. And would Rodgers go there and be a game manager under Vrabel and just keep handing the ball off to Derrick Henry? I don't know. You know Jim Irsay is crazy enough to do it, in and theory. That's the other one. Jim Irsay that's would do the one anything, anything to get him. But is that team ready to go? Is that Because Rodgers wants to win it. Rodgers got one, two, maybe three years. Do you want to go through that mess? And his his salary number is going to carry. Now they could always restructure because you won't have to pay that upfront money the way the Packers will. But but he's not he's not going to get his wish to just go wherever he wants to go. You know. So I and and Rogers could be looking at it as, hey, I may only want to play one or two more years. I don't want to go through you know, waiting two years to get to a team where I think it might be good enough in a different system with a different coach, different personnel, different guys I don't know, and this whole thing about I you have to earn my trust, well, how long is that going to take And a new team? I, that's why I just don't think that for all these reasons that people just go, oh, yeah, there's bad feelings. It's like, no, there's not. I think Rodgers knows. He's got a good shot to win in, in Green Bay. They just have to really kind of tweak it correctly and be very smart about it this upcoming season. I really do. So I, I really I really believe that. 877-867-1670. Uh, hit us up. Hey, by the way, you're coming up at the end of the month. You know what that means? That deal going to be gone, most likely, from Pella. Pella right now, they can get you no interest financing to 2029. But you got to do it now. You got to get a hold of them now. Go to PellaWI.com. P E L L A. PellaWI.com. That is PellaWI.com. Or call them 855 PellaWI. That's 855 PellaWI. And the doors, the windows, interior, exterior, slider windows, different hardware, roll screens. They have so much in innovation. They're one of the best. And they add so much value to your home. They keep your home economical, but right now you can get them, whether it's one window, a bunch of windows, windows and doors, PellaWI.com, and you can get no interest financing right now through 2029. you got to call and get that free in-home consultation, which means you're not committed to anything. Just 
call them and say, hey, come and check it out and get everything estimated. But I'm telling you, they're fantastic. I have them in my home, and I will swear by them. They're just that good. I am sitting here right now watching the wind blow outside, and I can't hear it. I can see it, but I can't hear it, and I certainly don't feel it in my home right now. And everything's set right there, smooth. It's 70 degrees. Love it. Love my pillow windows and doors. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Friends at Boondocks Barbecue Burger and Brews on County Road K in Oconomowoc. They uh, got a big weekend coming up. They got uh, a deli and markets and bakeries and catering and all kind of good stuff. They're going to be expanding, so uh, look for them to be doing that. Uh, they've got a wild game dinner coming up. That's on March 12th if you want to get signed up for that. Uh, they got all kinds of good stuff. Really, uh, they got whiskey and wings. That's coming up on uh, this Wednesday, as a matter of fact. Or no, excuse me. Uh, Wednesday, February 22nd, I should say. Not this Wednesday, Wednesday, February 22nd. Uh, the Moonshine Girls are going to be there from 6 to 8 from uh, Old Smoky Moonshine, and they're going to have 75-cent wings and whiskeys and such. So uh, they always have something unique going on. So check out our friends at Boondocks, Barbecue, Burgers, and Brews out there on County Road, K and Oconomowoc. And if you want some more reservations and such, you can follow them at Boondocks BBQ and Brew over on Facebook or just go to Boondocks bbqs boondocksbbqs.com and get a hold of them there uh 877-867-1670 877-867-1670 this is a good question uh and you, this is probably ben you're probably more right than anything uh, i don't necessarily think that the packers are we'll say um shopping upset and shopping rogers but with both now, Ian Rappaport wasn't as willing to go out on the ledge and say that it's a very possible scenario or whatever he wanted to label it as, whatever Schefter labeled it as. He just kind of said, yeah, you know, it's possible, but you got to remember the money. But between these two, give me your thoughts that when you, you asked me a question during the break. Well, I, I saw it. I saw it posed online and there's a discussion going on from our, our buddy Peter Bukowski. He asked the question of uh, kind of in an Andrew Brandt translation sense, do you think that Schefter and Rappaport going on this somewhat media tour regarding Rodgers now is kind of the Packers shopping or at least saying to everybody else, make us an offer that this could happen? That could be, you know, kind of maybe testing the market to see what he's worth. That could be. But I, I think you can't ignore the ramifications of what the money would be before June 1st. Um, I don't know how necessarily they would work all that out. I mean, like I've said, you would just, you, you, if, if you get rid of Rogers now, you're starting the rebuild and I, I'm not, it's not just a couple pieces. You're, you're going to have a bunch of money after the next year. You're going to allow Jordan love to kind of get it going. 
And then after that, uh, he's going to suffer through one year, and then you're going to be back on track. I, I don't think that there's a lot of people that would argue with that, you know. But I also think that if you're, you know, legacy-driven, if Mark Murphy wants another Super Bowl, if Aaron Rodgers wants a Super Bowl, if they all want it together, then you're not doing that. You're not even considering that. You know, maybe, uh, you know, I'm sure Russ Ball right now is kind of flinching up going, God, I, we just can't kick this much money down the road. We're going to owe so many guys so much money. It's going to cripple our franchise for a couple of years. Uh, he might, they might be thinking in that direction. You know? Yeah, it could be. I mean, them showing you, like, as, as we mentioned, coming off the MVPs, there clearly was still the thought that he can go and win a Super Bowl next year. I think it's showing you more of a movement in the other direction that it's looking less and less likely, which therefore kind of leads to how can we best set ourselves up for the, not saying they will, but let me ask you this. That thoughts. Okay. If we just want to just let's, let's keep it 100% real here. What failed this year? If you had to start looking at, if you started to make a list of the top five things that failed, what failed this year? From the start or in general? So I, I think you know you can you can look at the beginning of the season and where this team was and because I can go through the list and I can tell you where the failures were. Yeah, I, I mean to me a lot of things failed, but the expectations were high for two things. Number one, the defense, which did fail early and then turned it around. But number right. two, quarterback play. And maybe that's me setting expectations too high given the personnel. Which hand up, I probably did that. But I, I think you can only fail when you set very lofty goals. And when we see what Aaron Rodgers did for two years previous, and then to do that, and even down the stretch of the year, when they were winning, they were winning in large part because they had short fields because of Keyshawn Nixon and because of turnovers. The offense never clicked, and I expected it to even with Devontae gone. I I look at it as um, for, for my first failure is Devontae's gone. And what you hoped was Sammy Watkins was a failure. You brought in Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs. Christian Watson was hurt from the very beginning. Never really got on track early on. Dobbs kind of played okay. Samari Turi was a non-factor. The commitment to the run game, the I thought the play calling was I thought Matt, Matt LaFleur was a failure. The the because it should have been run the ball, get it and then spread it out, you know, short passes, tight ends, running backs, you know, receivers, what have you. And it, it just it still looked like they were trying to throw it like like Devontae was still here. And I thought the play calling was a failure. What, what the problem was, and I said it at the end of the season, and I said it at the beginning of the season, they didn't have a downfield threat. And when people said, yes, they did, Christian Watson developed into that guy. No, they didn't. To coaches and analysts, uh, Kevin Harlan said the same thing. Nobody, nobody balked at it. Now, you had to have man coverage and a guy follow Christian Watson around, but nobody balked at it. Nobody was, you know, going single high safety to make sure that they had a guy over the top, and it, nobody was doing that. Nobody, nobody feared the Packers. They had shuffle on the offensive line. Bakhtiari took a while to come back. Elton Jenkins took a while to come back. Uh, Sean Ryan, obviously, a guy that they were maybe thinking about using at some point in the season, ends up going to the PED suspension list. I mean, they just had numerous things offensively that just were wrong. Play calling was wrong, and they just figured they could replace Devontae, and they never did. They didn't have the money to do it. I'll start with the offense first. Secondly, like you said, the defense just w- was bad. 
and I'm going to go back to play calling and coaching early on. And in addition to that, then the loss of Rashawn Gary hurt this team, and they couldn't. They it, it took them a while to overcome that. Engabari started playing pretty well. The middle linebacker started playing better. Quay Walker got acclimated. Devontae Wyatt, when Lowry went down, Devontae Wyatt came in, and all of a sudden it was like, whoa, where's this guy been? And he should, probably should have been a starter. How much better would he have been had he been a starter? So you, you can look at a lot of different things as to why this all went wrong. Uh, but first and foremost, I start with the I start with Aaron Rodgers not taking what the defense would give him, but still playing as if Devontae was here. The play calling around that situation was not good. Uh, a lot of lot of you know dysfunction early on because of guys that were still banged up and coming back and not quite coming back, and you didn't know week to week whether Bakhtiari was going to be back or not. It kept the tight ends in, which means the tight ends were helping in blocking situations, so they couldn't be going out for passes, which also hampered your ability to kind of hit the short outs and pick up yardage and first downs and such. I mean, there's a lot of little things there. A lot of little things there. So that's kind of where where I'm at. Bill, I think that all brings up a big question when you speak about LaFleur and how the mm-hmm. play calling didn't work. Entering next season, do you think we could truly learn about LaFleur, the head coach, and maybe, you know, president, if you will, like uh, CEO of the Packers the team itself, uh, all the head coaching, play calling, management, all that. Do you think we can learn about him truly if Rodgers is back next season? Um, Or would it take a situation with love and a changing of the guard there in order to learn about how great he is. And I don't have an answer to that. that that's a, I, yeah, that's, that's I'm wondering. That's yeah. It's a great question. Um, that's a great question. I think then you'll get a, a good idea where Matt LaFleur is. I mean, you know, you saw how, you know, the, the offense operated when Jordan Love took it over in those last two series. But again, I'm not going to base it upon the two series um, of Jordan Love against Philadelphia is to say that's how his career is going to go. Or but even yeah, I, I, yeah, go ahead. I watched the Niners and I just and I know Shanahan is on a different stratosphere, but I cannot help thinking what a LaFleur offense could look like with a rookie quarterback that doesn't have the bravado. Right. And clearly isn't as right. good as Rogers, but that dynamic, I, I just wonder right. how much we could learn if it's just running it back the exact same dynamic coach in QB. Um, that's a good question. Maybe it's a different, you take that, that, that level of, you know, superstar out of the locker room and maybe it's just Matt LaFleur's team again. And maybe there is something there. Maybe he does become the, Mike Shanahan 2.0, you know, but we'll see. Uh, or Kyle Shanahan, I should say. Uh, 877-867-1670. Uh, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back. And I got more specific numbers for you. I want to get into this real quick because there's a misnomer. People are talking $60 million, $50 million, $80 million, all that kind of stuff. Uh, Ken Ingalls uh, kind of broke it down, kind of the capologist, so to speak, broke it down. And I want to give you the more exact numbers for Rodgers and what he would be owed and what it would hurt cap-wise against the Packers cap uh, if indeed he was traded or whatever. So we'll get into that coming up here in a minute. We've been through it, but just to kind of give you some clarity. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. 
here's Mike Clemens. The NFL is now down to the final four. The Bengals beat the Bills in Buffalo 27-10, despite being six-point underdogs heading into the game. The Bills have one of the league's best records in winning games at home in the postseason. Bengals head coach Zach Taylor says his players thrive on being underestimated. Yeah, we talked about it last night. They were 13-1 at home in the playoffs. The best home winning percentage in NFL history. I wanted to show that to the team because I knew what that would do to them. I wouldn't put fear in them that, oh my God, we're walking into an environment that people don't win in. It was going to be the opposite for our guys, and, and it was. Bill's quarterback, Josh Allen, on the many challenges his team faced this year in Buffalo. I'm proud of our guys, how we handled um, situations throughout the year. Um, you know, we could have made a lot of excuses throughout, throughout the year of what was going on. You know, we, we wanted to win this one. We want to win them all. Um, those guys played better today. The Bengals will face the Chiefs in Kansas City at Arrowhead Stadium on Sunday. Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes suffered a high ankle sprain in a 27-20 win over the Jaguars on Saturday. In the NFC, the Cowboys fell to the 49ers 19-12. The game was tied at 9-9 at the start of the fourth quarter. In the second half, 49ers rookie quarterback Brock Purdy hit tight end George Kittle on a 30-yard play that proved to be the turning point of the game. You know, we needed something. We needed a spark, get the ball rolling, and for Kittle to make a play like that, you just feel it in the whole stadium. Like, man, that felt good, you know, to get a big gain like that and get us going. The 49ers finished the drive with a two-yard touchdown run by Christian McCaffrey. Up next, they'll face the Eagles in Philly, who clobbered the Giants 38-7. The Cowboys are now 0-7 in the divisional playoffs, dating back 26 years when Troy Aikman was still the quarterback. Head coach Mike McCarthy on the loss. Obviously, just extremely disappointed. Um, you know, this is this has been um, an incredible journey, you know, with this football team. That's Cowboys head coach Mike McCarthy. I'm Mike Clemens on the Bill Michael Show. Yeah, nice company in New Berlin, Wisconsin, called Pindell. P-I-N-D-E-L, Pindell.com. Go to Pindell.com, whether you want to work for them or with them. They have got a great service, great system, great people, careers, not just jobs. But get a hold of our friends at Pindell, P-I-N-D-E-L, Pindell.com. They are hiring and obviously taking on more work as we speak. That is Pindell.com, P-I-N-D-E-L.com. Okay, so the, the question is how much money is dead money for the Green Bay Packers. It's $40.3 million in that area, okay? So if Rodgers were to retire, okay, if Rodgers were to retire, Packers, excuse me, would have $40.313 million of dead money, a salary cap charge for a player no longer on the roster. And with Rodgers retiring, the dead money would consist of $32.6 million in roster bonus and some proration of stuff and all that kind of stuff. But it was... 40.3.13, okay? Green Bay, they're not in the best position to absorb that right now. We all know that. If they would trade him, 40.313 million of dead money would then come due by trading Rodgers with him, uh, the same as if he retired. Rodgers doesn't have a no-trade clause in his contract. It's highly unlikely the Packers would attempt to trade him. Uh, but then again, if it was if he was traded after June 1st, they can divide that money up into two payments of $20 million. So you gain $20 million back, plus you get rid of Roger's salary. So that's why 
you don't want to just trade them away like willy-nilly right now because $40 million comes due right now, which means you're only operating with $180 million to start your season next year. There you go. That's it. When we come back, we got more to get into. Stay tuned. The Bill Michael Show continues coming up right after this. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe. 